This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Welcome to All the Right Marketing, where we talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their programs and their products. Our guests share tips that help anyone who loves a book, whether you are an aspiring writer, a published author, a librarian, a bookseller, anyone in the book industry. The truth of the matter is that the advice coming out of these interviews helps anyone in creative marketing. Today, we have a guest, and her name is Catherine Sparks. Welcome, Catherine. Hi. <laughs> Catherine, so um, I am, yes, absolutely. Catherine and I actually met um, recently in Orlando at PubU. It was an organization um, IBPA put on an event. And I was just excited to hear more about her journey in the publishing, publishing industry. So Catherine, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, okay, I mean, I don't, know where, I don't know where to start. There's a lot, um, but yes. Yeah, so Maria and I met at, as she said, at PubU. Um, so I've been a member of IBPA for probably seven years, I believe. Um, and I started off in the editorial advisory committee um, which was fantastic. Um, met a lot of great colleagues. Um, and then recently just joined the IVPA Board of Directors, um, as well as I'm the chairperson for the advisory committee. Um, in terms of other publishing, so um, during my during the day, I am a developmental editor. So I edit parenting books for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, I don't have kids myself, but you know, when I do have kids, I will be well prepared. Um, <laughs> And on the side, I am a children's book author, and I published my first middle grade novel in 2014. It's called Reality Natalie. Uh, here's the cover. Um, oh, so Yeah, I love it. So I am immersed in the publishing industry day and night. You really are, and in different ways, which I love having you on as a guest because you have so many different perspectives, right? Like. You're coming from an active community member at IBPA. You're coming from an editor by day, a writer by night. So let's start on the editor side of things. So for those individuals listening who are writing, tell us what is an editor looking for? So primarily you are editing nonfiction, right? Correct. Correct. So when someone comes to you, they've already signed the deal. Um, what? Tell us about the editor and author relationship on a nonfiction book. Yeah, so as you said, it's nonfiction. Um, oftentimes, at least in my experience, the manuscript is not written. So in the children's, I'm Ooh. used to in the children's um, uh, industry that they usually have a finalized manuscript or a somewhat finalized manuscript that they've worked on with beta readers or critique groups, um, maybe even an agent if they have one. And usually that agent will then submit to publishers um, editors and so forth. So for in, in my experience at the AAP, I very often will not have a finalized manuscript. It's usually a proposal that um, will come to us. We have a dedicated acquisitions editor and she will review the proposal and share it with her marketing and sales group. And then we'll all talk about it and formulate um, what exactly we'd love to have in that book and what will sell to the trade. Um, and what will be great for our member, because we are a member-based nonprofit organization. So we are made up of almost 70,000 pediatricians. And all of our consumer authors, minus a couple, um, are pediatricians. So they have their own dedicated specialty or focused um, uh, area. 
That is really um, so interesting. I just learned something new. That is awesome. Okay, so you get the manuscript and 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 as an editor, are you communicating through like through the editing process? Is it Zoom, face to face? What does the editing process look like? Well, prior to COVID, um, it looked a little different. You know, it, we were able to have authors come into the office uh, if they were local or if they were in town for a conference. Um, oftentimes at our national conference, which happens in the fall, we would meet and have author visits there as well. Um, obviously, COVID changed that a little bit. We have relied heavily now on Zoom calls, a lot of virtual calls. I will say, though, that I what I do take away as a positive um, attribute to COVID is that prior to COVID, we wouldn't have Zoom calls. We would just have normal calls, you know, um, on the phone. Whereas now it's almost habit to say, here's a Zoom link. Here's, you know, uh, a WebEx link. Um, so I do like that face-to-face. -face. So, you know, just most recently, we had a couple acquisition calls where the DE and the author um, and the acquisitions editor all actually um, had a meeting and it was on Zoom or it was on WebEx. And I liked that because I don't necessarily know if we would have done that in the same way um, prior to COVID. So I feel like now we have gravitated to a face-to-face -face approach, um, which I really like because I think that you can gain a lot more from you know a personalized interaction. That's really neat. Yeah, that's a positive. And I love, I love when people bring out the you know, the positive of a situation, like what, what did we gain from this? That's wonderful. Right. So right. not only are you editing books, but you're also writing them. So tell us about, you know, being a writer, a middle grade, you said children's book writer, have you written picture books or, um, you know, what's on your plate right now? I have written a million picture books and published none. Okay. <laughs> um, it is one of the hardest, and I, I feel like a lot of picture book authors will agree, it is one of the hardest um, stories to write. You know, you have a very dedicated, strict uh, word limit for majority of the time. You know, there's exceptions, but I try to keep it under four, uh, 400 or 500, sometimes even less than that. Um, but I have a lot. I have a lot of great ideas. I think I get stuck a lot in either how to begin it or how to end it. Um, so somehow I'm really good at like the middle part of picture, picture books, but just not, you know, the other aspects of it. So I love writing that. Um, I have two middle grade novels that I have started a couple of years ago. They're very different. One is based off of my childhood and it's actually set in the nineties. So that's a little bit, a little bit more difficult to write because I can't just say like, oh, someone texted someone. No, nope, that didn't exist in the nineties. So it's a little harder to write, but it's more fun. Um, than I thought it would be. And then I'm also writing a middle grade novel um, about fairies and pixies and them attending a school. So that's been kind of fun and something I can just kind of um, escape into on the side. So, yeah. Okay. Now, if I were to say the following phrase to you, I want you to define it for our, our audience. Um, hold on. Here we go. Read, edit, write, repeat. Read, edit, write, repeat. So how does that resonate with you? And especially in regards to your first middle grade novel, Reality Natalie. I have read that story so many times. I think I could recite it. <laughs> you get to know your story so much. I mean, you become so close to your story that that's why I actually encourage a lot of um, writers to 
I feel like they hear this advice all the time, but they may or may not actually move forward with it. Um, but I, I always encourage them to join critique groups. I always encourage them to seek out a beta reader. And I will say, and some people may disagree with me that you could use friends and family, but I think you need somebody who, or a group of people who are very, um, they, they know what you're going through. They, they, maybe they write in that genre or in that audience as well. Um, I have a very dedicated group that is great at reading middle grade and YA books, um, and we submit chapters to each other. I don't necessarily submit my picture books anymore to them or my picture book manuscripts just because oftentimes, I mean, they give great advice, but oftentimes their critiques can come back based on illustrations. And if you know, you're familiar with picture books, I'm not an author illustrator, so I don't have a lot of say in the illustrations. I can put an illustrator note if it's, you know, necessary to the understanding or the comprehension of the of the story. Um, so that, you know, it's they always have great ideas, but I think I need and that's why I ended up um, joining 12 by 12, which is a picture book group um, where they have this vision of everyone who joins to write 12 picture books a year. So once a month. Um, I've worked my way up to having 12, uh, 12 a year. It's a lot tougher than it sounds, oh my um, unless you're you know, a prolific writer or something. But um, yeah, it's it's been a great resource in terms of having people, you can have them review your, your stories, you can ask questions, there's webinars, it's fantastic. So you just need to know what kind of resources out there and then take advantage of them when you can. Wonderful. So. As far as reality, Natalie, you're, you're reading your story, you're writing, you're editing, you're meeting with your critique group, you're sharing chapters with them. What, when are we, when are you doing this? Was this taking place at night? And over how, how long would you say of a time period did it take for you to create that story? I think it took probably, well, I wrote it very slowly. It was my first full manuscript I ever wrote. Um, I probably, I probably would be a lot faster now. Um, but once I actually, um, sold it to a publisher, I did work closely with the editor as well. So I did have my critique group there when I needed them. Um, but I also worked with my publisher and she, and my editor, and she was very helpful in terms of, um, what worked, what might not work, um, what needed expanding and so forth. Um, I usually did it after work. Sometimes I might do it during my lunch, um, but I usually would get so invested in it that I, if I didn't have a lot of time to give to it, I would just wait until I did. And yes, I was exhausted after work, but once you start looking at your own manuscript again, and you're, you can't wait to, you know, um, make it as best as you possibly can, you get really involved in it and very excited. So um, I would spend, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half, every other day or so spending time on it and just revising it. And you'd be surprised how every, every time I read it, I'd find something else that, you know, oh, this, you know, is misspelled or I have the wrong comma or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it went by faster than I thought. And what really helps me personally, and I, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but I love printing it off. Mm. And I love taking my little red pen or if you like, you know, you have a purple or blue pen or something um, and making it colorful. I just love that. I like the feel. I like you know, I mean, maybe we shouldn't do that now if paper is, you know, hard to come by, but, <laughs> but I love it personally. <laughs> I um, no, I love that. And people are always asking us in comments about the podcast, about timelines. Like that's the biggest thing is they want to know about the timeline. So 
Um, as far as working with your editor, so you signed your contract and how long do you think you were working with the editor? Two months, three months, four months? Yeah, they were a new um, publishing company that had just started back in 2014. Um, I think they had been around for a year or two, maybe. Um, so I think that they were still obviously expanding their front list. Um, and so they were a little quicker um, than I think most companies might be. Okay. Um, so I, I think I signed it in the spring and it came out at the end of October. Okay. Um, so I think that's probably a little faster. And again, we're talking 2014. So there's, there's probably a lot that has changed since then. And I don't know if they would be that fast now, um, but they were fantastic to work with and um, very communicative and in, um, invested in, in, their, in their books that they take on. Um, so me personally, I think it was probably around six months, a good six months, because we had other things to uh, work on too, such as finalizing a cover and metadata and, you know, marketing and publicity thoughts. Um, so it wasn't just me working on the manuscript, but we had other aspects to the publishing process. Now in my, in my um, editor role, we will sign on somebody um, based on their proposal, and then they will have somewhat around a year or so, depending if they started the manuscript or not yet, um, to actually write the manuscript. Um, where the DE would be part of the process, um, especially if they want help with the development um, and their outline. Um, and then once we actually, in my eyes, once it start, once it comes into um, into the, at the AAP, and I start to look at it, they have around nine months until it's published, um, and that takes into consideration copy editing, page proofs, and and so forth. So okay. it's usually a two year two-year thing based on my experience at the AAP. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing both those aspects and, you know, just yeah. being able to understand how certain publishers work differently and certain timelines will look different depending on, you know, how seasoned that publisher is and what they have as far as how many front list titles they're having come out. What are they doing to promote backlist titles? That's very helpful. So I hear you have a twin. I do. I have a twin brother. <laughs> a twin brother. I was going to say, are you identical? But it's a brother. Okay. That's amazing. Oh, I get that question a lot. <laughs> are, does he live nearby? He lives in the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. And you're in the city, right? I'm in the city. Yes. That's but awesome. I still see him quite often. So he's okay. got two kids and I'm a doting aunt. So I'm there a lot. And yeah. Is he a creative as well? Did he get the creative gene? He doesn't write, but he is a big um, uh, reader. So he okay. tends to read a lot of um, nonfiction. So not parenting books, unfortunately. But you know what? Exciting enough, he did have his second son um, during the pandemic. And as expected, it was very hard to find photographers or to meet in person for one of the books I was working on, on colic and, and, um, and uh, sleep, uh, sleepless nights. And uh, he ended up, uh, I ended up meeting up with him and we took a photo with him and his son. And now he's got two photos in that book. So he helped me. That <laughs> is I so it. cool. Oh my goodness. I never thought of that. That's really neat. I have a friend who does, um, it's a little different, but he produces books about animals and he's the photographer on that book. And he did ask if my dogs want to be part of his dog book. I know. Um, I know. I'm considering it. It would be some drive time for me, but you know, 
I'd love for them to be part of a story. Why not? <laughs> yeah, take advantage of that. Oh, Catherine, thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing all your different aspects in the publishing world. And, you know, you mentioned your brother's a reader. Were you a reader or a writer as a kid? Oh my gosh. That's all I did. That's all I did. I mean, people used to call me a book nerd and I'd be like, thank you. That's such a great compliment. <laughs> like, awesome. I never thought of it as like a bad thing. And I loved it. I'm like, I know. I mean, my mom, if she ever, um, you know, would send me to my room, I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, we like, cannot do that with our, yeah, with our oldest. We can, that cannot be a consequence because she'll just read. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what she's doing in there. She's like, whatever, I'll go to my room. So Oh, yeah, I mean, I've always been a reader. Yeah. So you're always, really, always. you found a lot of passion and joy in the work that you do. Yes, I mean, it's, I tell everyone this and it's so cliche, but I feel like I don't work a day. Um, like I, I, what's the saying? You don't work a day in, in, in your life if you actually love what you do. Um, and I feel like that's me because I, you know, of course I, you know, I don't like necessarily, you know, getting up early. Um, but if it's something you love to do, it's exciting because, um, it's just, you're immersed in your passion and I love reading and that's what I do all day. And I love editing. I love working with authors. I love working with other editors at my company. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's some, a lot of authors will admit that writing is an escape or, you know, um, it's therapeutic or, you know, um, and I agree. And that's something that I like too. I, I find a lot of solace and comfort in reading and writing. That's wonderful. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. So those of you listening, please know that we have an episode come out every single Tuesday. Until then, keep listening and learning new and creative ways to get your books out into the world. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com. 